Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Anne-Marie Lewis. and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. I am... I'm doing better now. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I will How say, are you, Viviana? Thanks. No, I'm good. I will say that the, the, having these conversations with you guys for a podcast are always a sweet spot for me because I could be having a shitty day or something like that. I, and I always say, okay, I'm going to be talking to insert the person's name later tonight. So it's going to be a good day. It's going to end in a good note. It's going to end in a good oh. note. So, yeah. So I understand. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started. I am uh, a relatively newer narrator. I've been narrating for about four years, but haven't had the output maybe that um, a full-time narrator might have having narrated for four years because I've been doing lots of other things. I came to narration as a huge fan of audiobooks and listened to them constantly because I did a lot of driving to and from uh, rehearsals uh, or dealing with taking kids to places and just had lots of time in the car to listen to books. And then as I started listening to more books and listening to um different genres it i don't know why i just never really f- focused on this realized that the majority of these were done by actors and i'm thinking why aren't i doing this i my background is in my performance background is um well started with opera then i moved into after 20 something years of singing and opera um, got more into um, some musical theater and then got into uh, straight theater. And I don't know why we use that term straight theater, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, and and um, and then started thinking, you know, I, you know, there's other things I can do besides just singing uh, and uh, getting up on stage. But the majority of my performance background is from the stage. Um and then I took a class, uh, a voiceover class in the city. I'm, I'm in Chicago where uh, they offered all sorts, sort of like a, a survey course on different aspects of voiceover work. And I thought, I'm going to find out about audiobooks. And I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> the woman teaching the class had no idea about audiobooks. She was aware of them, of course, but she didn't know you know, what all was involved. And of course, I hadn't really started researching and no, there's a plethora of resources on the internet. But of course, I didn't know that at that time. Um, and then about a month or two after the course ended, she contacted contacted me and said, hey, you know what? There is a local Chicago actor slash director who is an audiobook narrator and he teaches a class on like how to get started on ACX. So I took that class and that's that's how I got started. Wow. Um, with all these other things, you know, in the background. But that's basically how I got started. I, I came really as a lover of audiobooks. And when you say lover of audiobooks, were you uh, listening to specific genres? Um, and if so, which were you know, they? I, yeah, I am a sucker for 
mysteries. And I, I blame my um, upbringing, my, my, my early days of reading. I blame it on Nancy Drew. I, when I was, I was about a, I was about six years old and um, we lived next door to this family that had teenage girls and they were getting, they're a little bit too old for the Nancy Drew books. So they gave them a couple of them to me. And of course, you know, I'm thrilled that these big girls gave me these books. Um, and I was like, I am going to read. And the first one I tried was called The Moonstone Castle Mystery. And I was like, I am going to read this book. I'm going to. And I sat down and I could not read that book. It was too hard for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't really for a first grader. Um, and I remember being really frustrated about that. Uh, but a couple years later, about a year and a half later, I was I was able to start reading them, but that's where I got started. So, and I love that. I love, I love. Uh, I've always loved mysteries, and um, so that's that's a lot of what I started with, and then listening to, and I started branching out. There was a a not uh, a narrator who is who is who is who died actually in uh, 2018, um, but I just loved her work, so I started listening to all kinds of stuff that she recorded. Her name was Catherine Kelgren. People know her as Katie Kelgren. Um, and uh, she's an American uh, who is trained in London. Um, and a lot of her her British accents she used were just so spot on. Um, and so she would narrate full books with a British accent. And oh. uh, she, I think it was her work that kind of got me thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to try that out too. I I just really admired her work. And then I kind of branched into, I'm also a big sucker for any, I'm a true Anglophile. So I love anything British just about. <laughs> um, so I listened to, <laughs> I listened to things that like Davina Porter narrated because um, I loved all her Outlander work. I've listened to Helen Lloyd, but I, I just, so I, it was like one thing led to another. So I, I listened to, you know, uh, Catherine Kelgren do some British things. And then I started looking up other British books. And then I would find those things. And that would lead me to another narrator. Um, and I, you know what else I like? I like nonfiction, too. I listen to some, yeah, like anything having to do with um, history, uh, uh, some of the fondest things I've learned. Well, I listened to um, um, Hidden Figures, hmm. the, the, which, which the book that the movie was based on. Yep. But the movie only spotlighted a couple of women. But the book talks about all kinds of women who contributed to our space program and and women of color and, and a few women who um, well, I guess were Caucasian as well. But I'm, I was listening to this book and I was thinking, how is there this huge part of our history? How is this? How is this kept a secret? How how is it we don't know about this stuff? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of I was I was thrilled by it, but I was also kind of incensed that I didn't know anything about these women, these women engineers, these brilliant genius women in science, you know, um, so anyway, that kind of led to another book I listened to that Cassandra Campbell uh, narrated. And now that name is going to escape me, too. But it's about um, a husband and wife team who broke code, who broke these codes that the uh, Germans had uh, set up. Um, 
during World War II. Um, you know, stuff like that. I just, I love, mm -hmm. I love that stuff. <laughs> so, and you also have so narrated anyway. some of that stuff too, because you've narrated I, some cozy I, mystery. Yeah, right? I, I I have no, I've not done a, no. um any mysteries yet. I thought I'd you had something. To. Oh no, no, no. Um not not yet. I've done a no. I've done a couple of the nonfiction I've done have been more like um memoirs. Yes. Um one one was the memoir of a very successful uh businesswoman, a Chinese American businesswoman who um really uh, it's a very fascinating story. Um, kind of broke the glass ceiling and uh, didn't like being in a Fortune 500 company. And um, and then she tried doing uh, her own thing. And um, then she kind of lost. She made bad investments and lost everything. And then she like built everything back up again. A really fascinating uh, woman. And then um, another nonfiction I did was um, sort of like a memoir, also sort of a how-to book, self-help book about women who are professional women who are victims of domestic abuse. It's, it's a, apparently it's a, a subset of domestic abuse victims that people don't expect to be victims people think oh well she's she's a high-powered attorney she's a high-powered doctor you know they would never be victims of domestic abuse which i mean victims of domestic abuse are everywhere yeah um and this woman was a is a physician and uh uh and basically told her story and also her findings and, and she had lots of interviews with other women high-powered sort of uh, high profile women in horrible situations. So uh, those are my, <laughs> those are my two nonfiction so far, but uh, no, but no mysteries yet. Yeah. Sorry. I, I saw the one of the covers. Why and have like I not one. done a mystery? <laughs> yeah. See, well now we're putting it out there. So if anybody yeah. loves <laughs> cozy mysteries and mysteries, so you now have a narrator that loves the genre. I do love the genre. I do. I, I love it. I, I, I'm always the one. I'm the one in the house who finds everything for everybody. Oh, mom, where's this mom? Where's oh. that? I because I know. And if I don't know, I know the questions to ask to find it. So I think I should have been a detective, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if who I knows, didn't go into the past life. Yeah. Oh, her perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So being someone that loves British culture and things, all things British and things like that. And how, what is your favorite accent to perform? Is it also British or is it something else? No, it probably is. I, um, I have performed in four different stage adaptations of Jane Austen, a four, a four different Jane Austen novels. Mm. And two of them, Two of them, three of them were musicals. And um, I was in a production of um, Northanger Abbey. That was, again, the the term I always think is kind of weird. That was straight theater. And then um, I, I was in a, um, a musical version of Pride and Prejudice and um, of one of uh, Persuasion, which I, I'm going to expand, expand on in a second. And then uh, right when COVID shut everything down i was about five performances away from closing um a musical version of emma 
mm, which I was okay. performing at uh, Chicago Shakespeare Theater. But uh, Persuasion um, was adapted by um, a woman, a local Chicago uh, singer who has this adapted it where the framing device of this of the story was Jane Austen herself is 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 writing out the story and she um she uh, is telling her niece and nephew the story of persuasion and then this Jane Austen character then actually jumps into the story which comes to life on stage and she's the protagonist hmm. um and that show this is this is part of what fueled my love for England went on tour from nine, uh, 19, no, not from 2013. And our last time we went to England was 2019. So every single year, for like seven years, uh, we went on tour around the UK wow. with the show. And so talk about putting a lot of pressure on someone to get their accent correct. And <laughs> this was all received pronunciation. But we're a bunch of, you know, basically almost all of us Midwesterners from the United States hopping across the pond to perform persuasion for natives. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing everything with British accents, uh, attempting to do them with British accents. Um, but I think because I, I got inside all those characters, I mean, physically got inside those characters and, and I, I had a chance to, to bring them to vocal life on stage. I think that's why I'm probably most comfortable doing RP. That was my long answer to your question. And um, I love it because now I'm trying but, to figure out how it would be, you know, Pride and Prejudice would do as a musical. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's quite a few different there's and there's quite a few different musical versions out there. Um, there's a, there's I think there's no less than about five or six that are might still be running somewhere in the country in the United States right now. Maybe not right now, but. Um, the one we did was quite, it was quite, it was quite good. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a very popular one to set to music. The, the persuasion, the persuasion, the, the, the Pride and Prejudice had original music written for it. But okay. the persuasion that we were in, the woman who ran this opera company, she was very smart. She used music that Jane Austen either um, wrote about or copied into her journals hmm. so this was music that jane austen knew and then of course there's no you don't have to worry about any sort of no copyright, copyright infringement yep because it's on it's on the public domain now yeah so um there's a lot of there's like there's some haydn in there and there's corelli corelli um the corelli music is very um prominent it's it, it plays a big role it's sort of like the the light motif that goes through the whole um, show, but it's, it's, it's pretty clever um, how she did that. Yeah. Not to worry about paying. That is true. I love Pride and Prejudice and um, I love the books and everything as far as the movies, you know how they always say there's two camps, those that love the BBC America special Uh, with, uh you know, and then also those Mm -hmm. that love the movie from 2005 with Matthew McFadden. Um, that's my favorite version. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to picture, okay. see that how that would do as a musical. Uh, like, as a musical, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. You know what's for sale? I saw the other day. Um, the house that they used as Longbourn, which is where the Bennets lived, 
in the 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 Colin Firth version of okay. uh, Pride and Prejudice is for sale. Oh wow! It's like mm. I think they said they're looking for. Um, what I think they were saying they were taking bids um, of at least six million pounds. Oh, let me get my money estate. tea back there. <laughs> so, yeah, no, let's all go and break uh, our peg- piggy banks and yep. put it together and make it well, over. Maybe a couple yeah. of us can get together and make, and use it as retreats where we can then, you know, buy the house and then have people come over for, you know, you know, as retreats, whether it's the authors writing them or the narrators practicing, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love the, it. Only way I could afford something like that. <laughs> Get like yeah. 15 of you guys together and say, okay, guys, let's go. <laughs> I yeah. got the business plan. Um, we'll, we'll do it that way. <laughs> yeah, I do no, love I seeing love- those houses when they go up for sale and I'm going, oh, this is going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, B- big time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But it's always fun to dream. Yes, that is true. It is fun to dream. I will say too, sometimes when I've seen those, some of those houses, when they've been in disarray and, you know, and, and, you know, completely breaking apart because no one's been taking care of them for such a long time. Mm -hmm. That's so heartbreaking too, because there were so many good stories that happened in those houses from people that lived there to potentially, if it was inspired to do into a movie or a book. Um, or mm-hmm. use as a stage. Um, so it's, yeah. It's one of the, but one of those right. days, one of these days, right? We'll hit the lottery. We'll do that collectiveness of narratives yeah. and authors together and do the retreat thing across the pond. Why not? Oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> when that's what it was like for us when we when we would take Persuasion over to the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like it, 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 it was it was it was our summer camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was really, it was great. I mean, we really got to experience lots of different places. We were in Scotland, Northern England. Um, we, we never made it over to Ireland. We did go to Wales. Okay. Um, we did quite a few places in the Southern part of England. We were in London performing. Um, it, I mean, yeah, it was, it was lovely. Yeah. It was so fun. fun. I don't know if that... we'll ever do it again though, but Hey, COVID you changes did it, all though. kinds of things. Yeah, but, but at I least did. you got to do it. I mean, that's I also did. fantastic. I I love it when people take that leap and and do what they love, and mm-hmm. they're able to explore whether it's in the states or explore something new to them or traveling mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, it's 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 a it's a rare gift sometimes when you can take it, but also taking that jump, taking that leap of yeah. comfort, and it's like, mm, okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Uh, and I think that's how I think. And I think that's me getting into audiobooks too. Yeah. None of my colleagues, I mean, my closest, my closest performance colleagues are all opera singers, basically. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of them are, are um, musical theater people. And some of them are just theater people. Um, again, not just, not straight, just, I, I don't know how it was to say, but anyway, um, uh, and nobody was really doing uh, even uh, voiceover work. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of a, you know, I guess in a way I was taking a leap there too. Yeah. Um, into this work. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's yeah. really fun. Especially when you were taking a, a class, hoping to get information about audiobooks <laughs> and you get everything else in there except for that. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe this may not be the path. Is this a sign? <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah thankfully go home the- and yeah. do not they- pass go. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, the teacher Forget got about- back to you and said, hey, here's someone that you can connect with. 
for that information. Yeah. Because back then there wasn't a whole lot um information yeah. out there. There was stuff, but that's yeah. either issue to when people say, oh, just Google it. And sometimes, yes, a lot of people had to start that way. But there yeah. is so much information out there that you don't really know how to differentiate the truth and the good versus the someone that's just talking out of their ass. That's right. And, and that's where, that's some, right. that's where and I think people get frustrated with that answer of just Google it. So, Right. Mm-hmm. And and I have, um, since I've started, I've had a lot of, of colleagues and um, friends of colleagues contact me in, you know, asking, Hey, how do, how do you do this? How do you get started? And, you know, and I, I don't want to be that person that's like, you know, go figure it out yourself. <laughs> um, but I also, it's, it's, it's happened so many times. I've heard other narrators talk about this too, yes. that um, it's happened so often that you're sort of like, huh, you know, why, why am I giving all this information out for free? But I am not, you know, I mean, I'm still learning the rope, so I don't feel like I can actually say, hey, you know, sit down with me and I'll come, you know, for a consult fee, I'll give you all this information. But I have put together a document that I'll, and it has all kinds of resources listed in there and links and stuff like that. And I'll share that document with these people. And then I'll say, here, go look at all this stuff, go away with it (laughs) and digest it and then come back and ask me some questions, you know, and you may find out it's not for you. um, But, you know, after you've digested this information, it's a lot and it's a lot to look at. But then come back and ask me some questions because then they'll know what to ask. Yes. Because you know how that is. Oh, absolutely. I was. I was plopped down in the middle of the audiobook world by by just, you know, knowing how I, I knew how to create an ACX account. I knew how to submit out auditions. And then I just started doing things. I didn't know anything about punch and roll. I was doing like the the dog clicker technique. I I didn't really know much about all the, the different DAW, that's digital audio workstation software for people who don't know. Um I didn't know about those different soft software um, possibilities out there. And I was just doing exactly what this, this guy in Chicago was, was teaching. Cause that was, that worked for him. And he's like, just do it this way. So I did. Um, and, but as I started going, I'm like, I, I'm not super happy with my performance. I'm not super happy with my quality of the sound. I'm not super happy with, you know, all these things. I'm like, I want it. I wanted it to, to be better. I wanted to make myself better. And um, that's when I started looking. I So, you know, I knew enough at that point, like what I needed to start asking. The, I, I knew enough to get out the questions that I thought I needed to get where I needed to go to find answers for these different things to make myself better. And that's when I started realizing that there were coaches out there, which, of course, duh, I'm an opera singer. That's all we do all the time. We take voice lessons as often as we can. We meet with vocal coaches as often as we can. It's it's because it's a lifelong pursuit. Your body is constantly changing. 
So you're, it's, the demands of your voice are going to be a little bit different in your body. Same thing in audiobooks. It's the same thing. Same thing as an actor. You know, you still, you need, always need that other set in the audio, audiobook world, that other pair of ears to help guide you or in theater, the other set of eyes, or, you know, there's all you, you need to constantly hone your craft. And so um, when that light bulb went off, I'm like, yeah, duh, let's get, let's get going on all that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, and I've been, I've been lucky. I've worked with some really terrific coaches. I finished the Sean Pratt nonfiction narration and business course. I took Matthew Lloyd Davies 21 Targets, which was crazy hard because it was a lot of work all in 21 days. And now I'm right now I'm I'm taking Joel Frumkin's acting for audio course, which is basically like a a semester's worth of acting, but it's uh, specifically for narration, which is which is really nice that it's yeah. so spe- specific. And and I've had one-on-one coachings with others as well. But, I, you know, that is so important to get your voice in front of another pair of ears. It really yeah, is. because, I mean, you guys are there by yourselves. I mean, it used to be you would have an engineer, you would go to a studio and mm-hmm. you would have an engineer, maybe you know, a director there helping you along the way to make some of those artistic uh, decisions. Nowadays, most of the time, y'all are by yourselves. And as you were saying, your voice is a tool. And if you don't hone the skills, you don't know that you have them either in some cases. Mm-hmm. So I think that coaching is extremely important. And there's various different ways to get it. There's a bunch of different resources out there with lists of the coaches and what is it you're looking for. And as you said, there's different types of coaching from the business side to the vocals, to the acting and so on and so forth. And those are all mm-hmm. great coaches that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, no. And it, the, the business thing is very important too, because every one of every audiobook narrator you meet, they are their own business, mm-hmm. you know? So they need to, uh, we all need to know how to, to handle that part, yes. part, you know, and a lot of people don't like that part. I know that, um, um, singers are like that too. Very willing to, to give away, uh, you know, their, their services for very little or even sometimes for free. Um, and, uh, in, in, you know, we need to, to recognize our, our worth, our value, and we need to to stand up for that. And we also need to be organized about how we how we take care of our business finances yep. and our and our schedules. And yep, all those <laughs> schedules. You got it. Yep, exactly. So we need to approach it like, okay, I'm you know walking into my office, which is basically I'll go sit at my desk. You know, that's your office. Yeah. But, you know, put on your business hat for a little bit. Do your business stuff before you go play with your script. It's part. It's part of. It's it's part of being a narrator. Yeah, it's, you just have to do that. And and many times, many of them didn't even think to think of it that way. And I think now more and more are, and that's mm-hmm. when they're seeing a, a bit of a change in the the amount of work coming through or how they're spending their time correctly now versus before how they would you know spend time in one thing versus another. Mm-hmm. And realizing how that basically it's a business. So a lot of things are important, but it's just also how you utilize those important things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I think it's also important when people, when narrators share their own experiences with more uh, seasoned narrators and and more uh, green narrators, because I think we don't, because we are so solitary in our our work, we don't realize that maybe there's a a more efficient way to do something, or maybe there's a better tool that we can use to to do these things. And you won't know these things unless you share what you've been doing with somebody else who's trying to do the same thing you're doing. You know, when someone says, hey, you know what? This particular software helps me keep track of all my um, my books and my schedules. And, you know, and this is a great uh, DAW to use. Um, and, you know, this person showed me how to do a great website, you know, that kind of thing. We we just need to have the what's the the wherewithal, the 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 um, I don't know, just kind of take our our egos, check our egos at the door and just say to somebody, hey, I need a little help on this. Can you help me? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I realized that, too, when um, I saw a bunch uh, of there was a couple of narrators that were really excited about the fact that they were u- now utilizing Airtable to do some of their scheduling yeah. and some of the stuff. And I'm going, if you all would have just asked me, spreadsheet, you know, she who loves spreadsheets, that you guys were looking for something, a tool that was already out there to help you with X, Y, Z, I probably could have told you about Airtable about three years ago oh well <laughs> so. i'm an i'm an air table user too now and i yeah. didn't I, but i didn't know you viviana three i know years ago, so. that's who they <laughs> did know me that's why i was like i looked at them okay technically i looked at their accounts on instagram when they were talking about it but you know what i mean you look yes. at them and you're going <laughs> really mm-hmm. okay i love the fact that you're on it <laughs> but it's true <laughs> sometimes you just have to have the conversation and not be afraid to ask the question i think sometimes we are afraid of looking dumb or looking not as not as savvy as people might think we are mm-hmm. and and that's yeah. scary. I, I don't take that away I, I mean we all have that moment i've learned yeah. to just say fuck it i'm gonna ask and you know like you said check the eagle at the at the door and just ask because i'm also a huge advocate for working smarter not harder so yeah oh oh yeah Yeah. so if anybody ever has any questions feel free to ask a a co-narrator and one that you've seen them do something whether it's on social media or if you know someone that that is in the you know industry and myself if i don't know it the answer someone may know someone that doesn't can connect you with them that's the other thing too you don't have to be a sme at everything but it's always good to network so just Mm -hmm. ask so that's important yeah yeah, just ask because sometimes even in if I don't know the answer, I, if someone asks me a question, I'll something will I'll be like, oh wait a minute, I think I remember so and so was talking yep. about that. Mm-hmm. Go talk to so and so. I I I know they were actually talking about what you're talking about. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Now the when the, the conversation comes up about scheduling, I've had one or two come to me about that. Cause I'm like, they're like, well, I know that you love Excel spreadsheets. And I'm like, well, you know, Airtable is really fun. I go, and now these XYZ individuals have been using it specifically from a narrative perspective. So you may want to reach out to them where I may mm-hmm. use it more from a different like social media calendaring perspective. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's been really nice to be able to do that. And that that's just, again, also one of the reasons why I love this industry is that we are able to do that with each other and just connect yeah. folks with people and, you know, collaborate and work with each other. And it's no, 
there's no jealousies because there's work for everybody and well there shouldn't be but anyways you know there's sufficient work for everybody to play at the sand table kind of a thing but we're Uh going to be going to allure and we're going to be meeting a bunch of each other's (laughs) in september so that is i'm really excited about that too um that'll be yeah because i it'll be my first in-person thing ever I, i i did apac which is the uh audio publishers association conference um i've done that twice two okay. years in a row but it's it was virtual and um in, in all honesty i just didn't like going into the little bubbles they had i didn't i just don't like doing that i i, I can't do that I, I can do better in person i think yeah there's which is like the socializing and the networking and i just yeah that wasn't my thing so it's also you've been we've been doing it for so long right we've been doing the zooming for so long and when we Mm -hmm. when we think about going to an event like apac or a a signing we're like we're gonna people oh crap we're gonna people but we're gonna people and (laughs) (laughs) yep and yeah and and that for that and then they're like we're gonna zoom and like oh man so i feel you i think a lot of every a lot of people especially the narratives were like but we want we want to get out we want to people um but allure we're gonna get to people (laughs) well and allure that is allure is making history yes as a history buff i'm looking at it in that perspective because it's really the first official audiobook con Mm-hmm. It's audiobook focused, right? Yep. I think yep. it is. It is. So there's been as of late, maybe the past two years, when things have started to quote unquote get back to normal. Um, and I think that Allure has been planning this for almost three years. So people knew that this was going to be coming. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, it would have happened earlier, but you know, pandemic and other events such as uh, Book Bonanza and the one in Philly have realized that there is this niche of listeners that are lover of books that love to read but they're not reading with their eyeballs they're reading with their ears and they've been mm-hmm. it's almost seems like they're testing it out but still the focus is not them it's not the audiobooks it's not the audiobook listeners mm-hmm. it's not the authors that write the audiobooks either so allure is its first of its kind where it's specifically focused on the audiobook lover and those that are in that community uh, including authors and, and narrators so that's going to be great Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Is this also your first event that you're signing as a narrator? Yes, I'm it is. Lots which is kind of, I mean, who thought of like having narrators sign? You know what I mean? That's, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's authors are the ones who sign. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a little goodie for anybody who seeks me out. I have something for you. If Aww. you come to Allure and I, I, I supposedly, I guess we have tables, little tables. I might be sharing yes. with somebody. But if you find me, I'll have something for anybody who finds me. <laughs> have a little something Aww. to give to you. So yeah. look for me. Yes. <laughs> so I, um, I know that it's not being shared out in the open as far as what it looks like. But they have been working on the, the mapping of the room. And mm-hmm. they're looking at, you know, how to, you know, place everybody and things like that. Usually at events, they'll go in alphabetical order um, just because it's easier for the attendees to find people versus other ways that have been done in the past. But definitely it's it's going to be something. I know there's a scavenger hunt, too, that's occurring. 
that um, for attendees to kind of find individuals and it's going to be all kinds of loads of funds. I'm getting some info. I was invited to participate in that. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll be part of the scavenger hunt. Yay. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And of course there's going to be the, the two parties, the prohibition party and the, the fire and ice gala. Are you going to be going to those? Mm-hmm. I have tickets for both. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. I don't know what to wear. I think everybody's in a similar boat. <laughs> no. Uh, so it's September, mm-hmm. and September in Chicago tends to be really nice. Okay. But it could it could be chilly. It mm-hmm. could. It would never be like frigid. Okay. I mean, unless you're by the lake. Now that I've said it, lake, lake, yeah. <laughs> Well, but you're we're right on the lake. It's at the Palmer House, so that's pretty much on the lake. So But it's not it's but it's close. still not as far as the pier is as far as in the lake. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, no, doesn't yeah, you're not no, yeah. you're not sticking out into the lake. No. Yeah, yeah. You're on the but it's still that's still considered the la- lake yeah. front because lake front. um Chicago, by the loop. Yeah. yeah. There's still you know, it's it's its own um uh <laughs> sort of uh What's the word I want to use? Climate. Yes. Right there by the lake. It's its own climate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Away from the lake is a different climate. You recall. Okay. I do. Yeah. It yes. went years ago and it was one of those. And I think it was, I want to say maybe about Aprilish or March. Okay. That's and it not, was cool. Yeah, that's, it's iffy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still, <laughs> I got the same information you just said about it having its own climate. There were days where it was nice and warm, but not mm-hmm. like hot warm a la orlando florida warm right it was oh, yeah. just nice and then mm-hmm. i remember the time that my best friend was getting into it um heated conversation with her significant other of the time and we were at the pier and i'm going girl i'm freezing <laughs> <laughs> let go <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's it can yeah. be very painful yeah yeah but i'm glad it's gonna be cool uh you know at least again compared to here florida um no it won't be yeah yeah it'll be cooler than that yeah but the parties but I, are like indoors I said, now though. that i've said that i've probably uh mm-hmm. yeah that's true it's indoors that's true that is yeah right. it's indoors. i mean so we can still it's a it's a little different because they're indoors so mm-hmm. yeah. that's right mm-hmm. well i'll figure it out i have yeah. a little six weeks yeah no, not even no a month <gasps> a month oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's still, yeah, I mean, there. I was, you know, people are starting to figure out what they're going to wear. Some of them are trying to find the themes for it, whether it's a prohibition and kind of have like that 1920s flappers kind of a concept to it or, you know, inspired by that, you know, that era. And then the fire and ice, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun too with the gala and the red carpet and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's going to be mm-hmm. fun and exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it will mm-hmm. be. yeah. Do you have an idea of, of how many attendees are going to be? Oh goodness. Um I don't, but I think I saw that they were between now and when they were going to air they were he- heading into the maybe the 500 that are attending wow. more or less. Yeah. It ebbs and Whoa. flows so much because yeah. of, you know, things happening between now and then whether of course family mm-hmm. emergencies to, you know, traffic and flights canceling and all that fun stuff that happens. Oh, yeah. Um yes, it happens. Mhm. And that's inclusive of even some of the attendees. That's the other thing too. I know sometimes the 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 attendees get um 
rather the signings, the attendees get a little, you know, frustrated because they're like, I really wanted to go, you know, meet and see X, Y, Z. And then stuff happens and then X, Y, Z is not there. And I'm like, I know it sucks, but look over there with like ABC. So let's go, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, changes and stuff like that, but the lineup this year is fantastic. So I'm really hoping that it can, is a huge success with everybody that and everybody's happy with it. So we can have more allures years to come. Um, mm-hmm. so that's going to be fun. And also maybe other events too, that realize that, um, about as far as including audiobooks as more a part of versus a, a couple of little mm-hmm. fun things here and there. So, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like usually it's like a, at any of these book conventions, it's like a little breakout session where people will say, you know, it'll be a little like a uh, panel that talks about yes. how to get your book into audio. Into audio. Yeah. yeah. They'll have one or yeah. two of those, um, Mm-hmm. and things like that and then they like i said in this year they had a couple of where they were they had invited a couple of narrators to attend and be mm-hmm. part of the signing but you know allure is just going to be all about the audiobooks so it's mm-hmm. audiobooks here audiobooks there audiobooks everywhere at allure yeah yeah it's gonna be fun yeah so aside from going to these conventions and others that may be popping into you know years to come when you're not working what do you do for fun what do I do? For, well, I still sing. Mm-hmm. And um, I I actually am a, re- a regular cantor at my church. And I take a lot of I take a lot of, of delight in that. So I continue to sing. I I'm the mother of four boys. So um, that takes up a lot of <laughs> time, too. <laughs> um the older ones are um the three older ones are kind of either out of out on their own or still in college and the youngest one just started eighth grade today so they're starting to get yeah you know into that he's starting to get into the age where he's a little bit more independent but i still have to take him everywhere i he can't just drive himself yet no um and we moved from the city i'd lived in the city of chicago we the whole family did for oh well i came out to chicago for graduate school i went to northwestern to study opera and stayed and then um got married and we stayed in the city and then um my my father died in 2018 and it became very clear pretty quickly that my mom and my my youngest brother who has down syndrome and has always lived with my parents, it became clear really quickly that she wasn't really going to be able to, to keep doing this on her own. My dad was, he did, he did a lot for them. And so she just needed a, a, a near support system. And I have, I have a total of five brothers, but, um, my husband and I are really the only ones in the position that we're able to do this. So he, it's my husband's idea to have my mom and brother come live with us. So they moved from Pittsburgh and um, we left our house in Chicago because it, it wouldn't work. It, we, they just couldn't live there with us. And we found this much bigger house out in the suburbs, in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. And so a lot of my, my time, it's also taken up to caring for them. So in addition to my own my own family, um, which is another reason why, you know, my time is split between, you know, some performing and then um, before the shutdown um, and then taking care of my family. Then there was covid. Um, oh, and then doing audiobooks, of course. But then there was covid. And so then there was this big move. And now I'm still taking care of more family members. 
So, you know, I can't just yet dive full time into um, narration, um, although I, that's what I want to do. But I do it as, as often as I can. So, um, um, yeah. So the fun part of taking care of all of them, um, my brother um, is a Special Olympics golf champion. And so I'm learning to play golf. Okay. So that I can play with him. Yeah. Uh, is that for fun? Maybe. It's really frustrating. But, <laughs> but, but yeah. Okay. Maybe that's for fun. Uh, and um, my youngest son um, is, uh, he just got onto a travel baseball team. So, oh and I goodness. love baseball, but now I have to really love baseball. Yes. Yeah, next season he's gonna have a next spring he's gonna have a lot of games, so um, that's for fun too. Uh, <laughs> I can hear um, it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's it, I, I have to you know as much as I'm it, I don't want to make it sound like like you know oh I've got all these things to do. It really is. It's a it's a joy and a blessing to be able to do these things yes. because I think about and it, it is my mom lost her her mother when or no lost her father when she was 21 and then her mother when she was 31 and um i i had my dad for a long long time he was he was 85 when he died and my mother's now 90 mm-hmm. so you know i can complain about having to like take care of people but on the other hand i get to take care of my mom you know that's like that's really yeah, that's, some of us wish we could still gift. do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I gotta, I got you. Gotta look at things, you know, look at things with a positive spin. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that when it comes down to being the caregiver, specifically, it's okay mm-hmm. to have those moments of frustration. It's okay to have those moments of like, oh my god, I, I one more thing I have to do, especially when you're a wife and a mom and you have a business and things like that. It's okay because it's human. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay. Um, and it mm-hmm. does not mean that you love them any less. It does not mean that you don't appreciate them any any less. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, taking anything for granted. It's a human reaction and that's okay to have. I struggled with it a lot too, mm-hmm. being okay with to do it. And then I just learned that I have, I'm allowed to do that every once in a while and have that moment. And then I breathe <laughs> and I'm like, <sighs> and then I would go in and do what I needed to do. And, and it was one of those things that now looking back, you look and you go, I'm glad and grateful that I had those opportunities to still be there for her and take care of them when they needed me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And you know what? It, it, it's, uh, you know, I mean, selfishly, you could look at this as like, Hmm, these experiences I'm going to file away in my uh, little arsenal of, of character things. When I, if I ever need to pull them out for narration, you know, y- y- you're, you're, you know, there's, Life is so rich and full of varied uh, uh, opportunities and experiences, painful, joyful, you know, depressing, whatever. But it's 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 such a rich, um, you know, treasure chest of delightful things that we can that really informs what, what the human experience, what the human condition is, what it's all about, you know. Yeah. And if we don't really let ourselves live. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, I, you can't really, you can't, I think you can't really be an actor. Yeah. I mean, you've got to know, you've got to tap into life to be an actor. Um, 
So anyway, you know, that's sort of me pontificating mm-hmm. or justifying <laughs> my my own my own what's going on in my life <laughs> yeah but i mean actors do but, that uh, actors will use the experience that they've had in real life to then utilize that for that moment of emotion that's needed whether it's happy or sad and mm-hmm. you know and that's inclusive of audiobooks so yes but well, thank you for sharing we appreciate no. that yeah <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I love to do with the guests is play a game uh, called Two Truths and a Lie, where you tell us three things about yourself and we try to figure out which one's the lie. So if you're ready with your three things. I am. I am ready. And, All right. um, you know, June was audiobook month. And so uh, there was a prompt from PANA, which is the Professional Audiobook Narrators Association. And um asking that and so um <laughs> i kind of stole sort of sort of this from what i posted so if anybody saw my social media posts <laughs> you cannot play you may not play this game now okay you guys stop but, out <laughs> but we have a we have a theme okay. for my my three statements the theme is food okay and i will begin with um you ever heard of uh Sir strumming. It's that really stinky fish that's in a can from Sweden. So when I was in Sweden, um, I actually had a chance to try this stuff. And um, a lot of people just, they can't stand the smell of it. But actually, you know what? If you put it on a little bit of flatbread with some sliced uh, red onion and a dollop of sour cream, it's really pretty good. So that's my first statement. Second statement, I ate soft serve ice cream in the White House staff dining room and they didn't give me any sprinkles. How dare they? Jerks. And then the last statement, um, when I visited my Filipino side of the family in the Philippines, actually it was my grandfather's side. Um, my, my dad is Filipino. So both, both of his parents are from the Philippines. Um, but when I visited my grandfather's side, um, they made a lechon for me, which is a whole roasted pig. And they would not let me take one single bite of it. <gasps> they teased you. How dare they? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Which is the, the lie. lie. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I want to say that they did not let you have any of the lechon is the lie. Okay. It's the truth. They didn't let you There's have a, any? You know, this, okay. So what happened was I, after college, I went to Japan and I worked in Tokyo for two years as a, um, Uh, a a teacher of conversational English. And at the end of my two years before I went back to the United States, I went to the Philippines to visit relatives I had never met before. But right before I left, I made myself um, back in Tokyo. I made myself some sushi and I, it was these, um, it was called Ikura, which is a salmon roe. And I had some like three, three or four days before 
I was going to leave to go to the Philippines and I had some leftovers and that stuff is expensive. It's very mm. expensive. So I put it into the refrigerator and I had the rest of the next day. That was my mistake. And I got really sick. So because I had an upset stomach and I traveled to uh, to the Philippines, my aunt Hope, Auntie Hope, Tita Hope, would not let me eat any of this lechon. <laughs> she oh, wouldn't okay. let me have any ice cubes. She wouldn't let me have anything to nope. eat that was there. I She only gave me fruit. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there was this whole, there's a picture of me with this pig. <laughs> yep, that's well, true. See, there's, but there's a reason, like a valid reason behind it. It's not like they just cooked it and go, guess what? You're not having any of it. Uh- <laughs> yep, but, but, but she was, but yes. she says, I am, I can hear it. I will not allow you to have a single bite. I can hear her right now. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> so, okay. Which one's the lie? You have two left. Oh my goodness. I'm going to make you figure it out. Is it, is it the, uh, the Swedish stinky fish, or is it the uh, ice cream in the White House? I know sprinkles. Because mm. <laughs> that's the other thing too. One of y'all, there were no that's sprinkles. sprinkles. Yes, because it couldn't be one of those things where you went to the White House and had the ice cream and it did have sprinkles, but now you're changing it to without those, and that's the lie. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's see, hmm, stinky fish or the ice cream? Is the Swedish fish the lie? Yes. <laughs> I have never been to Sweden. I have never been there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of the stinky fish. I'm sure you've seen that. There's yeah. been that, that Sir Strumman challenge uh, on on social media. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's not appealing. If, it, if it's stinky, I'm like, mm, no. It mm. just, uh, yeah. Okay. So you did have ice cream at the White House and they did not have it in the staff dining room. room. I Ugh. did. My, so my grandmother's, my Filipino grandmother's brother was the ambassador to the United States from the Philippines. And he used his connection to get us this special tour of the White House. At that time, I was, I lived in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, and um, we, I, I, I think I was about nine or 10 years old when this happened. And my brothers, I'm the eldest, and my younger brothers and I um, went on this little tour of the White House. And it was just like our family and I guess my uncle, Ed, who was the ambassador. And uh, we just kind of walked around the White House with this one tour person and then tour guide, a tour person. That's why people give me a script to read. Um, (laughs) And then um, we... They decided because we're all these little kids are like, oh, let's it'll be fun to have the kids go eat in the staff dining room. So they got we went in the staff dining room and they served us ice cream Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there were no sprinkles. It was just plain vanilla ice cream. So, yeah, that's a weird experience, but it happened. It did. Yeah. (laughs) Good memories, though. I mean, it sucks. You didn't get a chance to eat the lechongs. I'm sure it would have been delicious, but you didn't make the decision to eat that fish you know day afterwards uh so that was my yeah that yeah. was that was yeah, that was that on was you like, girl don't, do that. <laughs> don't eat sushi the next no, day no eat no the day you buy it and mm-hmm. if you have leftovers toss it toss it okay yeah. take it from yeah take yep. it yeah just take advice from me i've been there <laughs> goodness um so and before we go can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you Oh, well, um, I can, I'm currently prepping, no, not me, my pseudo, 
is currently prepping um, her first book. Nice. <laughs> My pseudo has her first book coming up, which is um, a reverse harem sort of paranormal kinds of thing. Very interesting. Um, she thinks it's very interesting. Um, but Anne-Marie Lewis just finished recording um, a book called The Forsaking of the Blind, which is the last installment of a fantasy series called The Wing Cycle. And it's by an author named E.G. Stone. And um, it's a very interesting series because the main characters are all disabled or differently abled. And um, I I just I love that. I love that there's something that that makes them sort of in their in in their minds or in the minds of society puts them on the outside of society and yet they are the movers and the shakers um in these stories and um the first book is called the one who the one who could not fly and it's about a sylph which is a flying character and it's a sylph who can't fly so and she's got her skin color is wrong no one else has that same skin color her wings are too small everyone else has bigger wings um, so she's ostracized by her society and then she falls in love with a human who is deaf and, um, and, and the second book in the series is called to never hear the song. And it's based mostly it's, it's, it focuses mostly on that second main character. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful, beautifully written series. Um, and I think that's going to come out probably late September, um, and then a recent, another recent uh, release is a book called Search for the Holy Grail. And it's written by um, M.J.L. Evans and G.M. O'Connor. They are um, based out in near, I think, Victoria, Canada. And this book is crazy. It is, uh, it's like 19 hours of a crazy romp through the 17th century Caribbean Sea and talk about accents. There are English, Scottish, Irish, indigenous, uh, Dutch, Spanish uh, pirates. And there's um, <laughs> from Germany, there is a runaway countess and her handmaiden and the countess's portrait painter and a count who's chasing after them. And then there's like a corrupt uh italian um cardinal or my um who says he's on a mission from the pope yeah and and then there's these corrupt government officials all over the place and then um there are these women who are from the series that preceded this um that i narrated for them um that series is called no quarter wenches um and uh <laughs> It, it's just it's just it's, it's a it's a crazy kind of ribald kind of irreverent uh uh fun story i think um but it's 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 historical they call it i think they call it a historical romance hmm. um and i think it's it's sort of romance in the uh in the classical uh sense of the word you know okay. rather than the, the more modern that we think of as romance although there's there's a little hanky panky going on in this book. Um, but, um, but, you know, one thing I wanted to say about this, this particular um, set of authors, 
uh, Megan and Gary, actually it was Gary, he, they, they had written, I believe they had written the other series that preceded Holy Grail. They had written it as a screenplay and then they changed it into um, a book. So it's so dialogue heavy. So mm. it's ve- that's very that's very challenging, um, and um, I made a a social media post after I had finished recording Grail, Holy Grail, and Gary wrote, he said, "I loved what you did for our wenches." That was the other series. Um, your voices brought the book to life in a way I hadn't expected. I'm reading this. Um, he said, "When writing the script for Search for the Holy Grail, I heard your voice in the characters." There couldn't have been any substitute for this one. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you just say that? Aww, I have sure. never that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's the most, sweetest that is the greatest thing. compliment. Yes. I know that you could get, I always just, I, wow. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> it was so sweet. When, when, when an author does that, you know, it's just, mm, it, it, that really, that really moved me in a great way. And another author, Another book that came out recently, too. It's another series. It's by Stacy Lee. And her series is called the Nubble Light series. The third book just came out. It's called Never in a Billion. And there are crossover characters that appear in the books. They, they kind of pop up in later series. It's an open-ended series. So I just got the script for the fourth book. And she mentions that I, I co-narrate it with uh, another um, with a great guy and he's he's located in northern England. His name is is John York. And uh, she mentioned us in her acknowledgments mm. in the fourth book. I'm like, are you kidding me, Stacey? Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that recognition sometimes goes such a long way as a simple thank you. So I'm glad it, that it you're does. getting it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it means a lot, especially when, you know, their medium is is print, basically, you know, and mine's a little different. And so the fact that they're going to ac- acknowledge us in that way, it's it's very it's it's um it's very uh inspirational too i mean it helps me you know it's me going so yeah. it doesn't take much does it <laughs> no no, no. It, it, it's amazing how i mean because we second guess ourselves you, you mm-hmm. know it's trying to figure out if, if they're happy with things if, if your decisions on how to do a particular character was the right one even though that's what your gut was saying so when an author shares their fondness and the love of what you did with their book it's a chef's kiss like oh my god that's so fantastic yeah Mm -hmm. i think i want to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. well a lot of goodies that we have to listen to so thank you for sharing all that sure yeah so and thank you for being my guest here and on the podcast i appreciate you and i've had such a fun time getting to know you so thank you yes i'm looking forward to meeting you in person yes we get the people together it's gonna be so much fun in september um, when we go to allure but thank you for being here i'm going to include all of her social media links and websites so everybody can follow her if you have not as of yet and find her and that way you don't have to go hunting for it and all that information will be over on the episodes post at viviana enchantress of books and until next time happy listening Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, 
Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook loving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening. Happy listening.